Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Why are you still working so hard? There's got to be an easier way to get this done. Haven't you learned that yet? Uh, no. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Join me on the flip as we get into some rules of engagement and talk about how to own your game. I'll see you on the flip. All right, thank you for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about how to position yourself in your social realm. And we've been really kind of like sticking to a lot of internal things lately, like how to reset yourself and not have um, be in a trance. We've we've talked about um, so many different things that have to do with our mental capacities and our mental management, strengthening, and a whole bunch of other things. And so today I'm going to pull it back out a little bit so that we can look at some um, practical application of just doing wisdom in the wild, you know, and and out there. And the part that I did uh, from the A part was a, a vague recollection of a conversation I had with a mentor when I was younger. Shout out to you, Beverly, wherever you are. And she was kind of reprimanding me for uh, some things that I was doing that in hindsight, I was like, oh, I was so uh, such a little idiot. (laughs) So what she was trying to get me to understand was something that I'm going to be talking with you today about, and that is how to own your own game. And when I'm talking about your own game, I am talking about this infinite game that we play. You see, I've talked about uh, finite and infinite games as a metaphor for how we um, approach our lives. And there is a book, actually, (laughs) by John Carsey, excuse me, James Carsey, that uh, is about this. And um, it's a it's a deep read. So you can't just run through it, but it's it's worth it. And, you know, just just so that we'll all be on the same page. You know, if you haven't read that um, book or if you haven't checked out that podcast, his supposition is this, that there are two types of games that we will engage in in our life. One will be a finite game and the other will be an infinite game. And what he says is, is that when you have a finite game, it is what most people think of. It is that game that has a zero sum, meaning there's a winner and a loser, And you can only have this game if everybody agrees to play it. You see, if you're playing a game and someone else isn't, it's not a game. It's 
something else, but it's not a game. And so with that, um, he breaks down the components that you need, agreed upon rules of engagement and prizes and what constitutes a win, a point, a loss, and all of that. Okay. And then on the other side, he talks about the infinite game. And with the infinite game, it has one goal. And that goal is to extend play for as long as possible and to do things that continue to keep the play going and hopefully going at a a pace, a level, and a quality that's um, engaging. And the biggest type of this infinite play is going to be, you guessed it, life. Now, there were, I remember discussing this in a, in a critical group, and we were talking about the infinite game and how it applies to contractual relationships such as marriage. And it was funny because some people were like, do you realize that there are a lot of people playing the marriage game as a finite game, trying to win? And then there are some people that are trying to keep it going as long as possible. And a lot of them are married to each other. That was just an epiphany for me. And so I was like, hmm, okay. And when I say it was an epiphany, I had to start understanding some things. So that's what the infinite uh, and finite games by James Carsey is about and what we've talked about. So now that we've said that, let me talk more about how to own your game. And if you notice, we're talking about owning because there's something about personal ownership that gets us into the realm of being sovereign, meaning that we have the power. Um, I'm working on a current project, a writing project, where I'm working out uh, hierarchies of power. And as I'm working out the hierarchies of power, I'm looking at um, the God level, and then you have the emperor level, and then you have the king level, and on down and down um, to understand the different powers at play. And uh, I hope I'm not popping my peas too much with you guys. But anyway, uh, in, in doing this, I was noticing that for these different levels, there's something uh, inherently similar to them. It seems that when you get to a certain point and you have a certain amount of power, you start moving into the realm of gameplay. And not for nothing, that gameplay usually will involve gaming with other people. Oh, yes. So like, I was studying, um, uh, I, I was actually looking at the French kings, uh, Louis XIV through the 16th, and um, Louis XIV and 15th were the longest serving French kings. And then, of course, we all know what happened to Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette and some other things. And it just became to the point where it was farcical how much power they had and how they were playing these capricious games with people's lives. Now, I'm not trying to um, sit sit high and look low on people because this is a hindsight thing. And I'm not going to say that I know exactly the nuances of what was going on. But I will say this, that that tends to be a pattern. The more power you accrue in your life, the more ownership you have of your power the more you tend to be able to create games. All right, so now 
I hope that by the time we get through talking today, I will hopefully have given you the necessary oomph you need to water the seeds, grow them, nurture them, or even harvest them so that you understand that when it comes to you, you are a king, queen, or an emperor, empress, or even a goddess god, if you want that, over your life. And don't write me about blasphemies or anything like that. I'm not talking about in, you know, supposition to a, a deity of all-knowing power. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about when it comes to you and the actions and the choices you make if you live in a free society, okay? This works in a free society. Um, this is to help you to reclaim a lot of the power that you have and is being exploited or wasted, okay? So the first thing I want to say now that you've let me set this up and all of that is now that you are aware, self-aware that there is a lot of power you have and that power is first and foremost over yourself. I want you to take a look at any types of quote unquote game play you have been involved in. Isn't it funny when we talk about livelihoods, we equate it with a rat race and uh, we want to get off the hamster wheel. And it seems like we're always putting ourselves in a position where we're subjugated to the powers that be, you know, the rat race. Well, who are we racing for? Who's, who's, whose course is it? How, how is it? that we find ourselves in these predicaments and we have all this sovereign power over ourselves. And so being able to take stock on where you are in the situation, well, just that simple awareness will help you to snatch back a lot of power. Recently, there um, was uh, something um, in the news about um, a kerfluffle with the monarchy, the British monarchy and um, some of the, and you, you know it, I, I'm not going to take a lot of time to explain it, but if you're listening to this at the time of recording, uh, the youngest son of Diana and Charles is no longer going to be a royal and he is going to be able to live his life and all of that. And um, a lot of people were looking at um, his closing statement before he left and were like, oh my gosh, he didn't want to play that game anymore. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Whatever we want to feel, I see that 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 man, <laughs> I see him exerting some of that sovereign authority over his life. And it is amazing when you start to realize that the game is yours to own. It's yours to own. And it is to me, it's obvious, but it's so obvious that we're we're blind to it because it just blends into the fabric of our world. That in any given time, you can have a Neo moment from the Matrix. Put your hand up and say, nope, enough. No, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not playing with this anymore. And when you start doing that, you start being able to have a bigger landscape of, of, of visual, a, a visual feel so that you can see more. And what it allows you to do is to start to move from being a player on the field to being, are you ready for this? An owner in the stands. Now, I will say this, that between you being a player on the field and becoming an owner in the stands, an owner of your own game, there is an important component that we all go through. 
and life puts us into naturally when we start having these epiphanies, we start waking up, we we start realizing that, oh, okay, I learned the rules of the game. Now it's time for me to do more. And that is we become good if you if we're aware. We become good at learning the game to the point where we can now become a game creator. Now, this is not a game master who is um you know, a referee. No, I'm not talking about that. I am talking about where you start to learn the skills that life is trying to show you, where you start learning your patterns and you learn the symbols and archety- um, archetypes and you start to uh, gain this skill set where you're not duped, you're, you're, you're not entranced or bewitched and you're able to be an able-bodied thinking person so that you become more sovereign over self. And it's really powerful. And this is the thing. When I was having that conversation with my friend Beverly back then, she had noticed that I had been on that particular game um, field for long enough. And it was her calling that out that it was almost as if she was shaking me out of a dream. And she was like, snap out of it. Why? Are you doing this? You don't need to. No one is making you. You are imposing this stuff on yourself. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something where, whereby, um, I can't remember it, but I can tell you something that uh, will help you to understand what I'm talking about. So have you ever had uh, something offered to you? And I'll tell you, this actually just happened to me. Okay, let me use this one. Okay, so we're off the cuff. I'm, I'm off my, oh, I'm off my, um, my notes here for a minute. So let me hurry up so I can get back on them. Okay. So I am wanting to get away from a lot of the browser um, browsers that are so heavy and weighing down my system. And also they have so much tracking wear and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, I know we can't um, be totally private no matter what, but we can at least make a change. And so I signed up for a new browser that I'm trying out. And the browser looks just like the one that I am not using. And I will say that the browser is not taxing my system so much. So that is a real bonus. But when I signed up, and to this day, and it, well, not to this day, it's only been like a week, y'all. But when you sign up, they put this thing in front of you, like click here so that you can start watching ads that are approved by this browser. And I look around and it doesn't give you any more options. And I was like, this reeks of gameplay. Like somebody's trying to game me. I'm like, I'm grown. If I want to use your browser and in your literature, when you were touting this browser, you said nothing about ads. That means that's a choice of mine not a mandatory engagement. And sure enough, I ignored it. And I just started using the browser. And every time I open up the browser, that same little sad thing on there that tries to sound so authoritative that is written to say, you can only use this if you watch our ads. And I thought about it. I was like, I wonder how many people get this browser and because of how it's written and because they're not aware that you own your game and you are not, if, when you own your game, you don't quickly allow somebody to throw you on the field of theirs anymore. I was like, I wonder how many people are blindly putting themselves back into the hamster wheel of uh, uh, ads and all this kind of stuff just because some little banner in front of um, the main screen says, do this. 
blank. I don't have to do anything. And it is amazing to me that a lot of people do. And you know how I know? Because I Googled it. <laughs> I did. And people were like, nobody told me that I didn't have to do these stupid ads. And I was like, yeah. Now, I will say my uh, persnickety-ness about those ads is that I don't want any more machine learning on me. I don't want any more data mining. Um, you're already getting it with my keystrokes. I'm not going to do your ads so you can find out even more uh, and, and do deep learning on me. I'm, no, not, and especially not if you're not sending me a check. <laughs> so I had to realize that. And so I, I, I'm telling you that I'm glad I remembered it because now I'm getting back on my notes. To to say that once you realize or wake up or become aware that you have been playing on somebody's feel of their creation, when you learn the rules of that feel, or if you just say enough is enough, get off of it because you can take the knowledge of your experience and, and make your own rules for your own life. It looks kind of like this. I, I had to uh, update, not had to, I updated uh, my manifesto and my I am statements last year. I'm going to do it again this year. And one of the things was um, that I, I just said, and I believe for some time that um, I am a willing and active participant in my own dreams in this life. And I can say that with boldness because for many years, I have worked hard to build somebody else's dreams. And it's not a put down. I just realized that once you've gotten the lesson, graduate. I've paid my dues working and humbling myself for other people's desires and dreams. I've been the laborer for somebody else's business. I have been the person giving up of my creations to a company that claims that anything I do on their premises with their computers is their intellectual property. So I've paid those dues. And now because of my awareness, I understand for me, I'm a freaking empress. I'm like, because I rule over many realms of my life. And I've understood that I no longer have to be on their field. But what I can do is I can own my own game that I matriculate in because I set the rules and because I'm, you know, moving into that arena where I, I am having to hire people to do things and stuff for me. I am finding that whether I want to or not, I am being taxed to pick, quote unquote, teams or sides of how things happen in my gameplay to get what I want. And this is something that I want to say with regards to how to own your own game. It doesn't have to be hard. I want you to develop, and I'm going to say a nose for being curious. I want you to start being curious about everything that you engage in. If it's been a while since you questioned what you do on a daily basis, Get curious and start turning a new, a fresh new eye on your life and do it with the intention of seeing, am I a player on the field? Am I on the sidelines making up the rules for the game, uh, you know, the uh, engagement? I would think of that kind of like as the gladiators on the field the general or slave master is on the side and the emperor is up in the stands with his finger ready to go on the outcomes of these game plays. And I'm like, I'm the freaking empress up in the stands. Now that I know better, I do better. 
And that came from after Beverly kind of like helped me start to realize that this was the situation. I started to become nosy and curious. And I'm going to tell you, the higher your curiosity is, it propels you to look further, dig deeper, learn more. And it also produces this this weird thing that it gives you a higher chance and an ability to make your own gain. You get to the point where the uh, the more you learn, uh, dig and grow, you're able to start understanding how to execute the best rules of engagement and disengagement. And the reason why I'm saying that is because once you start realizing that you've been playing other people's games, you're not getting any kind of benefit. You're just a, a little piece on their board. I am willing to not bet, but I would say that the most most people are going to want to stop playing that game. But as I said before, before you can be the emperor or the owner in the stands, you've got to learn to become a game creator. And in that game creation, you have to start learning how to disengage and how to engage with other game owners, uh, players, and those types of things. And that takes time because there are certain wisdoms and finesses that have to be learned on a different level than you may have been used to. You see, there is something that I was learning when I did um, this this deep study on the affluent. And I learned that their code of understanding is totally different than the plebeians. It's totally different from the everyday person. And the reason why is because they always have an immortal eye. Whereas if you're not in this affluent realm, because you are locked in the gameplay of survival, you're very aware of each day and you're very aware and conscious of your life. Whereas the affluent, they're always looking at and looking, not not just looking at, they are courting, they are finessing, they are creating, and they are embellishing um, for their descendants' legacies. You see, the affluent, they, they move in a different way. And I don't want to make it seem like they're better than anyone else. It's just, it's a different paradigm. So for them, they don't look at their death as an ending to themselves. They look at their passing as, did I do what I was supposed to, to set up my uh, lineage after me? Have I prepared them enough? Have I set up laws and rules? (laughs) And have I set up uh, cultures and games? for people to continue to play and feed my lineage and my my legacy after I'm gone. And you see it all the time with endowments and uh, with um, the power of their names. I mean, how long has Rockefeller been gone? You know? And 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 I don't want to just call out Rockefeller. You can look at Morgan, J.P. Morgan, and you can look at a lot of the different people from this realm that I was studying to look and see how they they look at their life. And what I realized was was that if you ever are locked in playing their game, they are so good at keeping you on that field that you have to sometimes work your 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 work until you can become creative enough to extricate you from that game. And this is a saying that my sister says sometimes that I think of whenever I think about people who wake up 
and they're realizing I am just being used on somebody else's field. I'm getting nothing out of this. I'm just a glorified battery to power their dreams. You know, it takes some time. My sister used to equate um, the power of the, the ones that be as lions. And she says, a lion never has to introduce itself. And that is true. You know, when you're dealing with the game owner, you definitely do. My grandmother even talks about the lion. And this is what she said. And she wasn't saying it specifically in engagement, but in disengagement using those words, but that's what it meant. And she used to say, whenever you find yourself in a tight spot, you have to realize that you got to work your head slowly out of the lion's mouth. And that stuck with me. And I was not really good at disengagement and engagement. It took time from me becoming aware of this whole thing about being a player in somebody else's game and dreams, and then moving to becoming the owner of my own game and my own life and building my own dreams. And in between that, that was because I became nosy and curious enough to propel myself to look deeper, not trust what's on the surface, know that uh, there's always another secret, understand that everything is code for something else, dig deeper, learn more, uh, make it where I have a higher chance and ability to understand the true rules of what is going on and, and learn who is the game creator but who is also the game owner? Because a lot of times the game creator is not the owner. You see, the game creators are the ones that are, are out there. They are the puppets, the, the people in the front. The game owners, like I said, they sit high and they look low. And a lot of times they like to be in the shadows. They don't even like for you to ever even know they exist. And it started to get in my soul and my spirit that I was like, I need to share this with you guys. And so in my last few minutes, I want to talk a little bit about um, some of the other things that you can do. Now that you are hopefully understanding that mm, everything is a game, even our lives, whether we want to be believe it or not. Yeah. Even if you're not engaged in some, not willingly engaged in someone else's uh, game, because remember, uh, James Carsey said that you have to agree to it. Well, what if you don't agree to it? If you're not agreeing to it, but you're in somebody else's gameplay, that makes you chattel, that makes you a slave to their system, and it puts you in a uh, area of low status where you don't have the power to uh, extricate yourself. And that's why you have to spend that time learning how to be nosy and curious to understand what's going on so that you can start to know and execute the best rules of disengagement or engagement, depending on what it calls for. So in order to do that, this is the thing that helped me because just to say be nosy and have a um, and, and be curious is not enough. You have to start training yourself to have a hungry mind. And when I say a hungry mind, I mean a mind that is voracious in its uh, quest to make sense of. Now, remember, I, I, this is uh, this is not to to say that you can know everything uh, just by doing this, but this is going to help you a little bit better. And I'm saying the words make sense of because when we're engaged in these games, they're not a simple matter. 
Oh no, they're very complex. And to be nosy and curious without having that mind that's hungry to to get to a point of mastery and understanding what's going on, you'll become inundated with all the different paths and all of the different um, things that you'll learn along the way. So having a hungry mind will help to give a scope and a containment for your curiosity. Okay. So allow your hungry mind to help you to be able to form a strategy and your strategy can be unorthodox. I encourage it. I encourage you to have this hungry mind and your strategy be one that is as you go and you're able to be flexible with it because you don't know what you don't know and you're able to move forward. And this is the next thing. Be able to understand that when you are in this transition, if you decide to move to having your own game, that depending on what you learn, your hungry mind and this strategy, this unorthodox strategy that you're going to have, I'm going to tell you now, I'm going to save you some heartache and some questions. Depending on what you have to do to extricate yourself out of someone else's game and to learn the rules of engagement so that you start becoming a real player, a real owner of your own game, there are going to be times that depending on the specific circumstance, you might be a competitor, a comrade, an enemy, a friend, a confidant, a counselor, a pol- you know, a police person or a regulator. You'll play many different hats and don't think that just because you're like, I'm going to own my own game. Don't believe that you're always going to be the quote unquote hero, always perfect, always right in everybody's lives. And the reason why I say that is because when you start owning your own game, you will start to upset a lot of other people who don't like you turning the apple cart up and not playing your designated role in what makes them comfortable because the known is comfortable. So in my last few seconds that I have with you, let me just go back through and say this. When you realize that you're in someone else's game and that's not where you want to be, you want to eventually own your own game. You first need to understand that you're probably a player on the field. And in between you owning your own game and being that player on the field, you've got to take some time to become very curious and nosy and start digging, looking further, uncovering and having a voracious, hungry mind so that you can become a game creator and you can understand how to set the rules, how to pick teams and sides. And then with that curiosity, you want to make sure that it's uh, bounded by a hungry mind that keeps driving you to the goal of owning your own game so that when you own your own game, you'll understand an orthodox strategy and that orthodox strategy, depending on what kind of circumstance you're in, you'll need to be able to quote unquote play different roles and different positions to be able to eventually get to the point where you own your own game. And y'all, Man, my time is up. I thank you for yours. I wish we had more time today, but you get the gist of it. And don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and let me know that you're out there. And that's going to do it for me. This is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye.
And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.